Hey, everybody. This is Stacking Pennies. I'm Corey Joe. We're going to break all things down from the Sin City. Joey Logano punches his ticket to race for a championship. We'll break that down. And also, that Bubba and Larson scenario. A lot of stuff to cover there. Holy smokes. Also, Josh Berry punches his ticket to race for a championship in the Xfinity Series. Pit Road, Boats, and Woes. What happened to that 12 team? They were in contention. And then on the hook. And then a big week for Spire Motorsports. Announcing Tyrone Dillon driving that 77 next year. So stay tuned. Buckle up. This is Stacking Pit. Stacking them deep. Selling them cheap. It tastes like gasoline, rubber, and victory. We're out here stacking pennies. And we're in it. I'm driver of the seven, uh, Chevy Camaro Corley Joy, joined by the usual band of characters. To my right, Mr. Chuck Bush. Hey, how's it going? Doing well. You look great today. Hey, thank you. So How are you good. feeling? Feeling good. Feeling good. Feeling spry. Uh, you were working on something before the show started. What were you working on? I was just getting some uh, Phoenix emails squared away so we can make sure that we have all the content coming to the fans from the track and uh, media day and all that what fun do stuff. We- we're doing a Stacking Pennies Live from there, right? We're doing a little bit of a show uh, Saturday, heading after the Xfinity race. You know, working on talking to the uh, Xfinity Series champ, hopefully. You know? Okay. Yeah. Stay tuned for that. Uh, it's my left front tire changer of a battered up Ford Mustang, Mr. Ryan Flores. Oh, yeah. Won a stage, though. Was it enough? I don't know. You're only 11 points out. I mean, you're still in the hunt. Yeah. Truly, we, only, we went in there and only lost six points. Can't ask for that. Can't ask for more than that. Well, you can, Besides, you can, you can finish. Game could have win. But, yeah, you could have won. But when yeah. you wreck your car, you know you're not where Christopher Bell is, twenty four points out or whatever it is. Yes, um, that's certainly a woe. And then, and last but not least, ice cold Blue Mountain takes. Hey, I've seen you earlier today at Spire Motorsports. It was nice to see you out and about in the wild. Yeah, John double the pleasure, double the fun. Was it? See really? me twice. No. no, it wasn't at all. I was just saying that to uh, to perk him up a little bit. Thank you. <laughs> I'll go to the last part. Contrary to what everybody might think, he actually does a pretty good job of just like representing NASCAR. You know, I, I do my best. Um, what'd you think about that today? We'll just get right into that before we break down some Vegas stuff. Uh, yesterday, those who are listening, Spire Motorsports announced their 2023 driver lineup, uh, one being me. Uh, so that's good. I'll be driving the seven car again next year. And drum roll, please. Well, it's already been announced. Tyler Dillon. Behind the wheel of 77, going from the 42 car, I was told a couple months ago his services will not be needed for that team, and he comes over and drives a 77, so it'll be good to have a consistent guy in that thing, get some feedback. Did you call him Tyler? Tyrone. A, a Tyrone. Oh, Tyrone. I, I, yeah, I, okay. I thought it was. I thought Austin and Ty had a brother. <laughs> no, Tyler. What did I say? What did I say? Tyrone. It sounded like it sounded Tyler. like Tyler. But it could have been Tyrone. If it was Tyrone, that tracks, because that's what you've called him. I've heard you say that in the past. I always call Ty Tyrone. Yeah, yeah, it's Tyler Tyrone to me. I think this is actual legal name. Well, I don't think it is at all. Yeah, it is. It's on Wikipedia. You should check it out. I think so? Yeah. Uh, how did you think it went today? Just uh, it went I well. Saw Claire B was there. Yeah. Jordan Bianchi was there. Zach Albert was there. Zach Albert was there. You were there. <laughs> I was there. It was nice. We had a nice stage, cameras, backdrop. backdrop. It felt like it was important. I'll, I'll say this much. Uh Dickerson seems like a cool dude to work for. He just seems kind of laid back. He is probably the main reason why I signed up to go drive for Spire when they had zero employees. And I was employee 
of Spire Motorsports 001. That Denowitz guy, though, I'm not so sure about him, but... Terrible. He did look go-kart. good. He, terrible t- rental hey. go kart racer. Terrible rental go kart racer. But you know, I also, great coordinator. I also heard things. that his glasses aren't real glasses. No, just, I saw them today. I looked from the side. You can kind of tell glasses from the side. They did have lenses in them. They do have lenses. I believe they were prescriptions. I you know, we were at a party one time. I don't know if you guys remember Mark Davis, but do you remember that? Yes. Mark Davis was there. He was a development driver for Gibbs, and Corey just totally called him out. He said, "Are those?" 3D glasses with the lenses popped out, and that's like, what they uh, were. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, got, they had real 3D uh, the other day. <laughs> so, uh, so to that point, uh, so John Christ he just came out with a book. The comedian did, did the podcast. Deal. I can't read, but that's awesome. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it doesn't even have pictures either, so you would be screwed. Oh, Damn it! Um, he sent me a his the title of his book is called "Delete That." So. I open the book, nice presentation, and there's like a like a postcard with a picture a a picture of me with like my hat on, glasses at the racetrack, fire suit on, hair flowing in the wind. It said, "Keep that." And then it was like some picture from four or five years ago that I look like a dweeb with short hair and like just a terrible angle. And it said, "Delete that." So like that, he's been sending that. Uh, so I Facetime. I'm like, "Yo, what are you doing? Thanks for the book." And <laughs> he's wearing black framed glasses that say 100% vegan on the side. I'm like, are those fake glasses? And he's take sticks his finger through the lens. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently lenses, sunglasses with lenses popped out of them are a thing. I also feel like an ass. Uh, Ty Dillon's real name. Is Tyrone? No, it's Tyler. Damn. Yeah. Well, Ty- oh, there you go. You're right. Tyler, Tyler Reed Dillon. So you, if you well, they Tyler, got the Austin, right. Texas, Tyler, yeah. Texas, you know, Tyler uh, Roan, T- Tyler Roan Dillon, Tyler Reed. Who'd have known? Yeah. Yeah. And apparently, uh, Ty Gibbs is, uh, Tyler Randall Gibbs. So mm. you got some Tyrand. Tyrand. <laughs> is it, is it reeling back into like the Spire thing? I, it always sticks out to me. Like when they, I feel like I was like the Dale Jr. Download when they said, who got that charter? And they're like, mm-hmm. oh, ooh, Spire bought it. Like, that's kind of the comment Dale made. It was like, yeah. huh, okay, um, all right. And from that point, and when you got there and started, to, like, having a press conference where everybody was there and you had a stage and people were interested, that's a long road. Yeah. And I can promise you it hasn't been an easy just two years of just trudging through the to try to build an organization. You know, people want to get on there and – say that you know we're not yeah are we as competitive as we want to be no but newsflash being at the top level of professional sport is hard and there are if we wanted to compare to a f1 type team there's only 20 cars but we are way closer to alpha tory than we are mercedes as a race team right now yeah there is equally a place for an alpha tory as there are for mercedes so I think that when we do run, Dickerson talked about it, it a lot um, today where he's like, he's wanting to shift the narrative from like people judging of those guys not racing the correct way, similar to how I've got a chip on my shoulder and continue to of like proving the doubters wrong. Like we want to go compete. I want to go win a cup race. And I think that when you have a group of guys, Sparks, Bellacourt, now Tyler Roan, Dylan, um, I think a lot of guys there have some, something to prove. I know it's a cliche saying, but that's, you know, I do like going to battle with those guys, but it's hard. Like somebody asked, like, how many more years? I think Toby Christie asked, how many more years will it take Spire going from 
zero employees to a championship contending team. And I don't want to be a Debbie Downer, but I'm like, yo, if you are not a OEM back team, you're never going to be a championship contender. You just can't be a privateer team in this deal and expect to go compete for wins on a weekly basis. Not saying that we can't go do that on occasion, but it is going to be, it's hard. Uh, it's hard to think you're going to be the ones up there contending for wins on a weekly basis if you're not tied in directly to the OEM. Well, does having someone full-time in that car, as opposed to having, you know, sort of rotating cast of guys that have been in there, does that help you out more? For sure. So Landon Castle has been in that thing for the last two months. And I, if we take out the steering column falling off at Talladega, I think our average finish is like 16th. Uh, we had four or five top 15s in a row, give or take, but maybe split up by a week. So it's just like if the team has a four-hour block in the simulator, Landon can go and run two hours if I can't be there. And we can put stock into what his feedback is because it's consistent. You can build a... Uh, notebook on what his feel is versus my feel. And that just in itself has produced some performance from our team. And then you continue to learn Ty. And as Ty starts to ingrain of what his feel is, and we can start applying it to what our feel is. That's where the first half of the year, we didn't run great because the, the seven team was off on its own deal. Like we were trying to find our baseline, but now having, a little bit of a notebook built from this year and then a consistent guy the next in the 77 car, it definitely is going to be definitely going to be a positive. Cause if you take out, we've left about 125 points in the table with mechanical failures, nine of them. Um, if you take all that out, we're 23rd points. And I think we have the potential to, to build upon that for next year. Now I'll say something that's not super sexy, but we can just put it out there. Spire started this deal as a money-making venture. Yeah. Right. And then now your car is obviously you have to make money with it, but it's a, it's turning more into a competitive team. Consistency with driver, crew chief, sponsorship. All right, we're competing. The 77 car was still a pay to play. Rotating driver, whoever brings the most money gets the seat. Yep. Now we're seeing that shift to two competitive teams. So that, and you have Richard Childress's grandson. So the, the stream to Chevrolet information it's might better. get a lot better. It's not going to hurt. Nope. You know, certainly RC wants to see his grandson run well, uh, obviously, and, and it's going to help out, I'm sure, as much as he possibly can. So it's just another element to building this thing where we want it, where we want to get it to. And um, I think he has me by two races on that freaking list that you always see pop up on Race Hub of who has the most, uh, which active drivers have the most career starts and no wins. He has me by like two or three. So at least I'm not first. Hopefully we can change that next year. Because I think, uh, you know, we're one or two pushes away at, at a Daytona or a Talladega or Atlanta uh, from finding our way into uh, into the playoffs. Will so, you have more leash next year, you think? Uh, hopefully we can get some more partners on board between now and Daytona. It's still always hard to commit to send that thing at the 500 just because 18th there pays more than winning every other race. So I could – I understand the reasoning – to not really sending it for a win there. I don't necessarily agree with it, but I understand it. Uh, but I think that with just all the things considered, I think uh, the leash will be a bit longer. And now, we're, you know, Sparks and I have a little more confidence in each other, and we can just, like, it's just continuity is, is really important. Now Ryan's taking a little bit bigger role there. Yep. So he, uh, it'll be our fourth year working together. 
we started at the 32 car, um, and he was employee number two, I believe, at Spire when we were whiteboarding who crew chiefs uh, we should go attack. Uh, his list was his name was at the top just because I thought he was a uh, motivated guy and engineering base, and he's starting to learn the personnel side of it, which is a whole other element. Yeah, so they bumped him up to essentially competition director or VP of competition, and rightfully earned. And crew chief. And crew chief still. So. It's good. It's a it's a good uh, good day for Spire. Now, if I hear the word excited one more time today, I'm over. Tapped out. Everybody's excited. Well, now he's got to get to work. Do you have like specific, realistic goals for 2023, or like idealistic? Like, is there a difference? There's a place for both. Yeah, you got to have pennies to stack, Chuck. Right. We'll set those out next year. Right now, everybody's just trying to get through the year. I mean, right now, we're not racing for a whole lot. There's nobody we can catch in points, and there's nobody that can catch us in points. We're just, we tested we tested solid at Homestead. I thought we were a fourth to sixth place car at the test with some help from Hendrick in terms of data collecting. So hopefully that translates to a top 15 to 18 car there. And then we were the fastest car at the Martinsville test. Um, so we're putting a lot of weight into that race. Hopefully it translates. Hopefully we can be as good uh, when the rubber hits the road there in Martinsville as we were in the test because I thought we were really, really good. Also, somebody that was good was you guys at, at the test uh, at Martinsville. And you guys are going to need to be in the hole a bit at the moment after that Vegas mishap. Yeah, I mean, we were really good at Vegas as well. Uh, just, just racing. You're racing hard. We had a lot of stuff go on throughout the day. And that last run was weird, man, because – didn't know who was saving gas, who wasn't, and you don't want to give up track position. And I feel like the like they watched the twenty four bust their ass on that restart. Watched the five car, you know, get free and put Bubba in the fence. And you know, we we watch guys with those moments, and it just depends on where you're at in the corner if you can catch it or not. And he was pretty far along in the corner, but where you're back on the gas, and when you full commit to at that point in time when, in the corner, when you get on the left rear bump stop, there, game over. You're in trouble. Game over. Yeah, so well, we were lucky slipped, we didn't get wrecked with the, the 24 earlier. I didn't see that. Yeah, the 24 was on the bottom and up the track. That's how we lost track position, but we drove back up there. And, it, you know, that'll – look, I'm on the team, and I'll I'll call it what it is. We've won the most stages this year in eight, and we haven't won any races. Why and the, the MO of the 12 car as a team, not just Ryan alone, but as a team, we can't finish races. We can start them good. We, we, sc we scored stage points. We, I think we were fifth or fourth in the first stage, and we won the second stage, and that's good and all, and that's what you know mitigates a bad day when you crash to being 30 out or being 11 out when you can you know score 25 points even when you when you wreck, but when you have a day where you should have scored 50, it, it leaves a big hole. And oh show, you know I when we were leaving, Ryan came up to me and was like, "Sorry, man." I'm like, "Hey, save that. I'm here with you. You don't got to apologize to me." Let's go to Homestead. And that's the time of year. Like this time of year, man, there's no strategy. You are fighting for your life it, it, all race long. Like People want to talk about favorites. People want to talk about ifs and buts and this guy won here and that guy. That's all fine and dandy when we're sitting here and getting paid to talk about it. But when you're at the track doing it, you're in the trenches. And it's each stop, each run, each lap, you're just fighting for your life. And that, you know, that's, that's where everybody's going to be. And this weekend's going to be a big test because this is a full team race. You're going to use every set of tires you can. You're going to put it on the fence. Your car's got to handle and your driver's got to be on point.
Well, we're not going to talk about Homestead until spare change on Sunday. I want to break a lot of stuff to break down for Vegas. Number one, the guy who punched his ticket, cha-ching, Chuck. Joey Logano. Yeah. I don't I don't think we need to pull a tape uh, for you guys to know who called the winner last week, but I believe that was me. Um, Do you want to know something weird looking at these numbers, his championship four appearances? It's every other year. They're every even year. Yeah. It's weird. It's a weird guy. Can we also point out that just making the appearance in the championship four is like a half a notch below actually winning the championship? Because mm. you don't think so? I mean, look, you can you, 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 you don't get award for that. No, you can go you can go fluke your way into making the championship floor just as easy as you can fluke <laughs> oh, your way into winning the championship. Spoken from a guy who's never worked. No, I'm just I'm just saying like do that. I I'm, promise you. Yeah, but you have to understand what I'm saying like if if I don't. I, dude, yeah, I, 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 I get it. This. I get it. It's hard. I see yeah, my it, language. It it is hard. But like say you go to the homestead, you always run the risk of say if the 12 car somehow advances, doesn't win a race, the 12 car could not win a race and technically win the championship, right? Like, yeah. Is that a fluke, though? No, it's not a fluke. What I'm saying, like, you could you could make the, the championship for the, the same way. Like, I'm not discrediting anything anybody's done, but... If you look at it... I don't think from, I'm making If my you point. look at it from no. terms of, like, how they race for a championship in 1995, you would say it's a fluke, right? Because every race is shrunk Well, fluke, fluke's not the, the right word, but, yeah. I mean, I do think it's harder, it's harder it's now. used. All right. It is. <laughs> so choose your words wisely next time. I mean, I think from a like team and sponsor standpoint, like making it to that final four round where all the attention is on those four cars, that's a win from a business model standpoint, right? Yeah, oh, for sure. Because sure. yeah. you're giving your guys. Oh, it's worth it's worth millions in terms yeah. of marketing. Yeah. Um, I mean, Tony 2011's perfect example why this format works. Yeah. Yeah, and that was just natural, right? That was crazy that that, that that was natural, but that's why we do this format because that was so interesting. So I think what um what I was trying to say is the amount of championship four appearances should have a little bit more weight in when people are talking about the best current guys. I agree with that. And Joey Logano is in the top three of current guys on the racetrack right now. And it, and it will the more that we keep doing it, right? And as what are we what are we in eight years into this format or ten years into this format? So, 14 was the first year. Okay. So, you know, 20 years into this, that'll be a number that you can quantify more than when you're yeah. just in it. The, yeah. That'll be something that we look at when you're looking at Hall of Fame numbers. For sure. I think Joe Logano goes in the Hall of Fame right now if his career ended. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Yeah. Absolutely. 30 dubs. Yeah, and a championship. That's a big number. And, and I think 500. he's going to get that chance. He's going to get the big trophy this year, ladies and gentlemen. I don't think, think so. Nah. Is that, is that, your, that, your, that your pick now? Lock that in for me. Locking it in. You're wrong. Let's okay, go ahead and mark that on the tape. That's fine. You're sitting here telling right everybody's got a fluke how to get there or not. That 22 is <laughs> not a fluke. He's going to get that championship. Yeah. I don't know where he pitted from. Uh, where did he pit from 26 to go? You remember he, that? He went back out. He was in ninth, I think. He restarted 10th, made up one spot, and they were like, hey, we got to do something here. Yeah. So same two weeks in a row, same kind of deal with uh, Bell did it last week. 22 to this week. Yep. Fresh tires, man. Um, Dude, those guys, it's it's not talked about enough. Those guys are so good. I walked up to bust Coleman's balls before the race. Coleman uh, Presley is Joey's Coleman, spotter. his spotter. And, you know, he was sitting there working on restarts. And if we're in this position, where do we want to restart? Like, he he is so tapped in. He's probably the best Coleman, spotter on the roof. Coleman Presley. For sure. So he's like, when everybody else is out bullshitting, he's in there working. If we're in this situation, where am I going? He's watching SMT. He's figuring it out. So... Like, you look at that last restart, 
I caught it. Like I was cleaning the wheels and I look over and I just catch Joey hanging back a little bit and launch. And I walk over to TV and look and he's three wide bottom. And I'm like, this son of a bitch going to win this race. Uh, I'm without getting too far down the rabbit hole. Hanging back on restarts was a hot topic in the driver chat and how it's not being for- enforced. And that might be something they'll call a bit tighter. Look, keep an eye on for that. But it's knowing it's knowing what, the situation when you're doing it, so, right? And if he knows it's not being called, or somebody knows it. it's not being called, because he's been one that says something about it, mm-hmm. like, "Hey, if you're gonna let this go, yeah, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it." Took and, advantage of it when he needed to. Hunted down Ross with Chastain for the dub. What are you passing? About six eight to go, somewhere in there. Somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. And track house cars. Hey, two sleepers. I'm sitting there during the race thinking, like, "Hey, what?" And but track house wasn't very good at the test. Yeah, Homestead. I'll, or Martinsville for that matter. I wonder if they can go back to the old, to the lab and work on something, but they were not strong at the test the next two weeks. But Chase Briscoe could be the surprise pick. Imagine if he Cinderella that thing in the championship four on a fluke. Won, won it, yeah. uh, won the spring race. Phoenix, yeah. At Phoenix. But the one car wasn't the best car, but they did have the best pit crew of the day, which I don't want to get too far down the pit crew chat before pit crew boats and woes, but they kept them in position, kept putting them back out in the lead and clean airs king. And you look at the 14, right? They they got the lucky dog at the end of the first stage. Yeah, they, they were, were lapped down. They were behind me. And, you know, they're, they're P5 on the day. They keep them in the race. Yeah. And they managed to steal stage points and, and steal a good finish. And that is like... Key. That's the, that's the point I'm trying to make. You're fighting for your life. And it's not over until it's over. For sure. And Chase Briscoe's grinding. What's that, 14? Four finishes in the top ten. Last four weeks he's finished. Th- I don't have the stats. I don't know, but I wrote him off when he was getting lapped in that first stage. No doubt, bro. He was by, he was in front of me. I'm like, Eesh, I suck, and you really suck because you're only one of these eight guys chasing for a championship. Yeah. Um, long day for us. Uh, we ended up 24th. That was about it. Yeah, We're, you didn't win though, so we didn't win. So Chuck didn't have to get a get a. Uh, tattoo unfortunately, yeah. and our odds were pretty set. Uh, it was <laughs> a buddy of mine. My buddy of mine. Put a ten dollar bet down to win thirty grand. So everybody's making bets. F- you. <laughs> You're right. Let's just get to the goods, shall we? Everybody wants to talk about it. Let's just give the people what they want. Our opinions on the Bubba Wallace Kyle Larson situation. I have no opinion. You don't? Yeah, your company, man. If I had an opinion, it would be my own. Let's let's talk about the facts, right? Let's just put the facts out there let's and put let it out there. Their own. Hang on, let me start with this. Go for it. Kyle Larson has made a very successful living driving race cars by putting people in bad spots where you have to lift. Not just cup cars. Whether it's sprint cars, midgets, or cup cars. He won the he won his last chili bowl by putting Justin Grant in a bad re, in a bad spot on a restart. Yep. He he loves and thrives and is really successful putting people similar to Max Verstappen, put him in people uh, positions to where it's either you you lift or both of you crash. Now he ran the nine car in defense of California beginning of the year. Yes. Right. He ran the nine car wide at Watkins Glen. Yeah. Like he, he is that guy that, that, like you said, he didn't wreck him, but he put him in a bad spot. I don't believe he put Bubba in a bad spot on purpose. I think he overcooked the corner and got free and chased up the racetrack and Bubba was on his outside. Yeah. It wasn't like, Hey, I'm going to stick you in the fence. No. And let's remember, I, I, before we get too far down the road, the 16 did the same exact thing to the 8 in the Xfinity race, and the 8 car went on to win the race. Yes. What is the difference? Composure. Mm. 
That yeah. is accurate. Now, I said this earlier on SiriusXM. To that point, I love Bubba like a brother. I have known him for more than half of my life since we've been 12 years old racing together. I don't think anybody can put themselves in Bubba's shoes with just the pressure of the, what the sport puts on him, his partners, driving for MJ, all this stuff. With that being said, it's easy to sit there and watch it on TV and watch all the replays and say, well, that was the dumbest thing he's ever done. I don't disagree with that. It wasn't smart, but I also think that when you put that much pressure on yourself, he's not running up front as much as I think himself or his team expects him to be. And then when you feel like you, well, you win the first stage and you feel like you just got stuck in the fence, granted, mind you, you're wearing a helmet. You can only see the race from your windshield. You don't know anything else that's going on. When you see Kyle Larson sticky in the fence and you, for all intents and purposes, feel like that win is taken away from you, do I think it went to the extent of right rearing somebody on a straightaway at 175 miles an hour? Probably not a good idea. But I don't think that he does anything like that ever again. One, because the penalty is going to be stiff on what they're going to lay the hammer down on. And rightfully so, because the hot topic with these cars, you can ring your bell if you hit with the back end. Like all these things considered, it was not not wise. Five cars lucky that the, that he hit the 20. Yeah. Because at that point in the track, you're doing over 150 miles an hour, right? I think it was 175 when they hit And you right hook somebody that is the that if you're the judge you just gave somebody the electric chair that's the death penalty yeah and and we know that bubba knows that that's a, he's even said it that's short track racing that's anywhere you go yeah you right rear hook somebody on an oval track and it's the death penalty so thank god the five hit the 20 and it kind of changed the trajectory because he was either going to back in with the left rear corner or hit flat with the left side which is a it bad hurts. way to hit it hurts yeah and i man I've been a huge Bubba Wallace fan since summer shootout days, but like to people want to, like I, I hear like the spotter podcast where they want to harp on Carson Hosvar and compare this to truck series stuff and Ben Rose. And, listen, you judge the guys at the cup level are yeah. judged different than yes. the guys at Xfinity truck or Arca or racing modifieds. Yes. Right. And to whom much is given much is tested. Yes. So I they know can't better. make excuses for Bubba. He's not a rookie. He's been doing shit at the cup level for six years. He's he's good. He knows right and wrong, right? I don't know what else has happened between him and the five car for that to boil over. There might be more there. Yeah. But, you know, Kyle might have put him. I, I want to give him the benefit of the doubt. But when you do that to somebody, man, you got to be ready for the consequences. I was surprised he got out and wanted to fight Kyle. I thought Kyle should have got out and wanted to fight Bubba. Man, Kyle Larson's small, too. You don't want to. It's like. Yeah, like stop picking on little Kyle. He's 130 pounds soaking wet. Kyle did say in his post-race interview that like he knew that it put Bubba in a bad position and cost him his day. Wasn't I don't think he was. It didn't it cost. Didn't, it cost didn't cost day. Bubba's sorry, day. Sorry. What he said was it could have, but didn't, and then Bubba cost both of them. Yes. Is, Look his at, day wasn't over until right. he crashed himself trying to crash Kyle. If you want to sit here and say that that could have been a toe link or taking him out of the race, look at the 18th day. Right, the 18's backwards in the gas in the grass. He's got a wheel falling off. He's out of it. Yeah, and, and he's run third. there running third, coming for it at the end. Yeah. So like you're never ever, especially now, out of these races. I was toying with asking you this before, and we kind of we were touching on it right before we went on. When you're in the car, 
and I know there's all this talk of safety going on right now, but when you're in the car in the race, is that at the forefront of your mind? Is that there? Or is it that I just had a shot at a win potentially taken away from me? It's not on your mind, but it should be on your mind. I think we got in this habit of let's rewind to like 1997. Granted, I was six years old, but there was a, you can watch a race and you could see that guys had a, at least a baseline of respect because they all acknowledged the worst possible thing could happen. And like you wreck somebody and they might not walk away. 93 Talladega Earnhardt gets into Rusty Wallace. He comes back around and the first thing he does is run up to the car. Yeah. Cause you know, that guy, that might be that guy's last ride. We got in this mindset partly because the sport got so safe and there was no driver injuries for decades, particularly after Earnhardt passed away with head and neck, restra- head and neck restraints, X, Y, and Z, full containment seats, all the stuff that um, factors into keeping the driver safe, that a element of protecting your fellow competitor wasn't a, wasn't a thing. I, I got a hot take on that. Give me some. And we've talked about this, right? And I, I got and some I can, more. Don't let me forget. I can almost point back to this. Safety safety is the number one concern for the sport. But what we do for a living and as a job is not it's particularly safe. We no. race cars. We push everything to the limits. Make it the, reason we see t- the reason we see tire failures, we push tires to the limit. Take the air reason, out of them. Put, yeah. camber, take, put camber to them. The reason we see cars crash is because we push them to the limit, right? The reason that we're hitting harder is because they're going as fast as they can. Like there, if we find a limit, we go past it and we find the next limit. We find the next limit and we always will. That's what racing is about, right? I jump out in front of race cars going 55 miles an hour for a living. If I wanted a safe job, I probably wouldn't do that. But there was a point, maybe 2015, where a company wasn't able to keep up with the pit stops and guys were hitting three or four lug nuts and this one company couldn't couldn't keep up. And the driver slash owner of that team went and said, this is unsafe. We can't do it. This is stupid that we're doing it. And the reason that it, it might've been unsafe, but the reason that he did it was to gain tactical advantage. Right. And people saw that. And when you cry wolf, sometimes like people, people use safety as a way to get an advantage at their race team. Trojan horse. And when you do that, then you get us down a rabbit hole. Yes. Let me add to that. Using the Trojan horse and then spitting out that maybe you should let teams build the cars again for a competitive advantage. Look at the Trojan horse here, guys. Back to your point. Well, the teams all agreed on this. And like I I look at Danny. I look at Danny, right? And it's just Danny's a friend of the show. He's here. We had a great conversation. But Danny Hamlin fan as far as it comes to what he brings to the sport. But it never fails that when you stand on a soapbox like he did, he called for new leadership in the sport, said it's broken, the cars aren't safe, this, that, and the third. Well, in the last four weeks, his two drivers have done the most unsafe things I have seen. And they're both going to be fine and have penalties because of the stuff they pulled on the racetrack. Ty Gibbs really could have hurt people on pit road because he threw a temper tantrum with the 42 car and almost took out two officials and five Roush guys working on their car on pit road. Right? And then Bubba for lack of a better term, throws a temper tantrum this weekend and right hooks Kyle, Kyle Larson and takes out the 20 and causes a big wreck on the front stretch. So if I'm the NASCAR leadership, I go, looks like you need 
to work on so that. So work on your leadership of your race team because you're putting people in a bad spot. And that I'm not saying did that on purpose, but it, when you get on a soapbox, the racing gods always have a way of knocking you back down. That is that is accurate. All right, great great rabbit hole to go down for sure. I wanted to add one more thing about the driver respect level about just getting hurt when the thing was forefront in everybody's mind was the week after Alex Bowman was out. We go to Talladega. We've got drivers in the media center talking about how unsafe these cars are. It's the buzzword up in arms. This car's no good. Is there going to be a boycott? Are the drivers going to strike? No, but it was, it was pretty damn tense for a minute. What happened? We go out there. We had no big one. We had one big one because Ricky would push the 21 too hard. But 28 cars finished on the lead lap. And wouldn't you know, the pushes weren't that hard. There wasn't any late blocks. Generally speaking, everybody showed some more respect for each other and didn't wad a bunch of cars up because, to your question, Chuck, there was a little bit of element. Like, hey, if I wreck this guy, somebody might get hurt. So maybe we needed the reminder, like, hey, this is dangerous. You can get hurt driving a hunk of metal at 200 miles an hour if you hit something hard. Like, it's not supposed to be unsafe because that's, hey, that's why you get paid a bunch of money. Because not a lot of people want to sign up to do it. Not a lot of people want to sign up to jump in front of a car at 55 miles an hour. That's why he gets paid a lot of money to do it. You know what you signed up for getting into it. And NASCAR's working on to make them safer. But we got what we got. You cannot right rear hook somebody on the front stretch of Vegas. You cannot do that. And I think we're going to see NASCAR lay their hammer down on that, uh, our friend Bubba, unfortunately. But I do think Bubba's going to learn from it. Whether that's a one-race suspension or the rest of the year, we we will uh, we will see what that looks like for the rest of the show, waiting on the call. If you do go back and watch races from the 90s and look at driver respect, just don't watch Randy LaJoy versus Buckshot, Buckshot Jones. Jones. Just don't. Just leave that one out. Yep. Yeah, leave that one out. Don't Don't look at those. A lot of bruised ribs and broken ribs in that relationship, for sure. What else? What else we got, Chuck? Shout out to Josh Berry, uh, winner in the Xfinity race, defying all the odds. Um, When's he going cup racing? Not next year because he just signed up to go back to that eight Xfinity car. So, yep, Uh, dude, it's just think he's ready. There's going to be several seats open. There's I don't love I don't I hate actually I hate the question. Is somebody ready? You're never ready for the cup series. It's just a matter of how soon you can figure out how to swim. That's just what it is because there are guys who can figure it out and you have, and everybody's runway is different. There are certain guys that the, that the manufacturers let's go chase Briscoe. For example, chase Briscoe goes to the Roush car and has an abysmal season. Him, Ty Majeski and Austin Sindrick, that 60 car was on the hook more than it saw. Every time it went every week. Yeah. Now Austin Sindrick won the Daytona 500. Round of 12, 12 playoff playoff contender, Xfinity Series champion, right? Like so much is with the situation you're in, with the people you're in, and guys have different lengths of runway depending on how much money the OEMs have invested in them, right? So Josh Berry's runway, if he gets a shot into a not fully backed OEM car where Chevy doesn't have a lot of money invested in him, is going to be shorter than a Ty Gibbs. Is going to be shorter than a Zane Smith, right? So it's all situational. Is Josh Berry ready to go cup racing in the right scenario? Yes, he could do it. It's just a matter of what that scenario is and if if it comes. But certainly good to see a uh, short track guy making some head racing for an Xfinity Series championship here in two weeks. 
you look at like an Xfinity Series championship, right? Like it's it's a big deal and it's hard to win, but it doesn't always carry over very well. You look at Daniel Hemrick right now struggling. You look at Daniel Suarez, right? Look at Austin Dillon. Like that stuff hasn't carried over to the cup garage very well. It's about the people that you surround yourself, the team you're with, and frankly, how it seems like how much you're willing to work, the work you're willing to put in. And there's just so much stuff that go into cup racing where, yes, if you, yes, if you win an Xfinity series championship or you run good in Xfinity, it does not guarantee you success uh, in your future cup endeavor. Interesting point because you've got that. And then you've got the other example of Tyler Reddick, two-time champion, once at junior motorsports, once at RCR, getting paid a lot of money and just got bought out of his deal at RCR for millions of dollars to go to a Toyota team, right? Yeah. It's like how people develop and what their potential ceiling is, I think changes and has a lot to do with the people you surround yourself with and how much work you want to put in for sure. That A-team is strong. That A-team is strong. Kyle Busch is going to be a championship contender next year, depending on which Kyle Busch you get. You going to get Rowdy? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. He's looking I mean, like Rowdy, the smartest man in the room right now. Looking like the smartest man in the room right now because that sucker is – stroll in that eight car another bit of vegas news that came out out there was that his brother kurt oh yeah is, uh, yeah know, uh i not going wasn't time. it officially no. retired your cousin uh your cousin's not officially retired yet chuck chuck bush your uh, favorite race car driver for hey, man. Sure. who are you gonna pick now in the pool i don't know <laughs> your, other, your other cousin kyle bush maybe um, probably yeah that eight car because they are strong let's give let's give kurt i don't have a bunch of stats in front of me but let's just give kurt a shout out right quick Hell of a career. Yes. Is it Hall of Fame worthy? First ballot, yes. yeah. For yes, sure. definitely. First ballot. Yeah. Kenseth was. He's he's, mar he's checked yeah. all the boxes, hasn't he? And yeah. he, he even do that shit at Martinsville. Daytona, Daytona 500 championship, you know. And and I, I will still say, like, what he was doing with the next-gen car, with the testing, like, he was working on leaving a good legacy. And the way he's going, you know, I think he's setting a good example as he's, well. He's you, done that. You know the stat that makes me sad is – he is the last full-time guy to ever race with Dale Yeah, Yeah. It's like that ending of a chapter, right? And um, Kurt, he made every place that he went to better. James Finch. Um, now, a lot of the, a lot of his moves were self-inflicted. A lot of what came his way was self-induced from the way he, uh, it was a bit of a Jekyll and Hyde, whether it was on the radio or to reporters. But Always entertaining. Bro. He had a savant level. <laughs> Of the way he can make a race car go fast in a circle. Dude, that, you so you look it. at his career just as a whole, and the ebbs and flows is like a WWE superstar. Yeah. Like, heel, good guy. <laughs> heel, good guy. Like I know people at, at Penske that have won races with him and not even gone to victory lane because he was so brutal to them on the radio. Like, I'm not even going to celebrate with this dude. And then you talk to people now, and they're like, best teammate we've ever had. He's made our team so much better. That's When we interviewed him when he was uh, doing stuff with the next-gen car, like he was excited to get out and talk about what this car was doing and where, where it was heading and the legacy that he was leaving in the sport. Yeah. And like he was very reflective on this is going into last, like, last year. How much of this is a philosophical debate here, Chuck. How much of a driver's legacy is determined on their just straight-up stat lines Versus their perception by the fans and the people that he worked with. I think perception fades as you get farther out, right? Like 
people hated Jimmy Johnson when Jimmy Johnson was, was winning yeah. races like he was. And now if you mention Jimmy Johnson's name, like everybody will tell you he's a goat. doesn't matter if you didn't like him when he raced or not. Tony Stewart, same way. A lot of people didn't like Tony when he was racing, but a lot of people acknowledge his accomplishments accomplishments and and, and appreciate him as an outspoken outspoken voice in the sport, even though when he was mouthing off when he was there, they didn't like it. So I think with Kurt and and Kyle, too, in the same vein, like when those guys retire, hang the helmet, and they're gone for a couple years, I think the perception of of their legacy changes. The stats for Kurt alone, I mean, I think that 23 years in in the sport, 776 races, 34 wins. I mean, the 34 wins alone, plus a championship. Like, that alone, that that those stat lines, that's Hall of Fame worthy. And if you take everything out of it, and I just gave you those stats, you're saying that guy's in the Hall of Fame, right? Right. Like, the thing that's interesting to me is you look at a guy like Clint Boyer. Yeah. Right? Like, he had a pretty mediocre career driving. Less, less than 10 wins. But now if he does great stuff in the TV booth for the next five years, is he a Hall of Famer because he's moved the sport to a better spot? Like, but you look at Jimmy Johnson, right? Well, Chuck wants, to, as... Chuck wants to put Neil Bonnet in the Hall of Fame. Damn well, and, it should be. And Neil yeah, Bonnet, should be. Neil Bonnet and, and Clint are similar in my eyes. Yeah, but right. Neil, Bonnet, they... like, Neil Bonnet also gave was, his life to the sport. Well, he, but he was also like uh, at the forefront of that, right? He was doing TV stuff before anybody else was. So, so he was somebody that moved the sport forward in a time when the sport was growing in popularity, yes. which I mean, we're in the middle of it with Clint right now. So you can't say what his TV career yeah, is do. But, but like you look at Jimmy Johnson, he's all stats, yeah. right? He didn't do any media. He didn't do any of that. He's all stats. And he don't need anything else. He don't need yeah, any no, seven four wins, deuces, seven championships. Holla at me. Yeah. 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 I mean, like a Dale Jr. Yes. He's got the Xfinity stuff, which he's a championship driver there. But, you know, in Cup, was he the greatest Cup Series driver ever? No. He's no. pretty damn good. But he everybody was leaves he was, I mean, comparatively, yes, he was, like, to his peers, he did a lot of winning. To that point, he says the best. Everybody leaves their mark differently. Yeah. He says, I realized I wasn't going to be my father, and I, and I can move the sport forward in a different way that he could. Right. And everybody leaves their mark on the sport a different way. So not saying there's one, there's not one avenue to the Hall of Fame. You have to look at the broad spectrum of how they did. Did they leave the sport in a better spot? And I think that's what, when, when I was talking about Kurt leaving that legacy, like I think the later you get in your career, the more you start to kind of look at that and think about, all right, how am I leaving this better than I found it? Kurt can also help Bubba, right? Like Kurt's found himself in plenty of similar situations. Oh, yeah. So... I mean, yeah, that'd be a good place like to said, talk he's to. He's not done, done. He's leaving the door open. Project so. 91, is that what he's leaving? <laughs> yeah. I don't believe so. But, I believe he's a Toyota guy yeah. for whatever he wants to do for the rest of his. Uh, do you think he figures out a way to run Indy again? <sighs> Try to race Indy with his brother? I don't know. That'd be, that'd be uh, pretty What cool. if he goes like NHRA racing? <laughs> that'd, that'd be, be cool. something. Who that'd knows? Awesome. You never know. Who knows? But Hats off to Kurt. Hats off to Kurt. We bid him good morrow. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with bite clear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite clear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. 
Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We have breaking news, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, The penalty on Mr. Bubba Wallace has been released. What is it, Chuck? It is a one-race suspension for Bubba Wallace reading from the sheet. Driver Bubba Wallace has been suspended from the next NASCAR Cup Series championship event, and it is referencing a NASCAR member code of conduct. You hate to see it, but it's justified. We saw a suspension for Matt Kenseth wrecking Joey Logano at Martinsville. Uh, We saw very similar penalties for similar actions. And I don't believe Bubba Wallace is going to do that again. Opening the door for John Hunter Nemechek. They haven't announced that, but that's what's going to happen. John Hunter Nemechek did the test both days for 2311. So he is as well equipped for his debut for 2311 as anybody has ever been. Um, a lot of seat time at Homestead form was pretty strong. I look for a strong day out of John Hunter Nemechek. Yeah, yeah. And I don't, you know, I know that this is going to draw comparisons from everybody on Twitter. To Carson Hosfar and Noah Gregson. Hey, Cup Series, welcome to the show. You're graded at a higher level, and that's how it should be. And this is the precedence they're going to set moving forward. Is sitting you down a race more substantial than a monetary? Oh, or, yes. And does that alone? Dude, there's there's like an embarrassment factor, right? There's like seeing somebody dance with your girlfriend at the eighth grade dance. I don't know if you remember that feeling, Chuck, but it sucked. I don't like anybody dancing with my girlfriend. It's not fun. It's no. not fun. There's no. nothing worse than sitting there and watching, watching your car go around, especially watching your car go around. Oh, for something that you had full, well control over that you got penalized for. Yes. It's going to be tough for Bubba to watch. It really is. I think he's going to learn from it and grow from it. But uh, yes, the penalty fits the crime. What do you think the conversation's like with Denny or, or, Jordan. I mean, I doubt Jordan's calling him up, but maybe so in this case. I think that it's a bad, like, I think Denny gets calls from, like, McDonald's, right? Because does McDonald's want to be on the front page of Fox News with Bubba shoving the five and then showing the video on a loop of Bubba right rear hooking? Like, no, right? It's not a good look. They have to go to their other partners, explain the scenario. Bubba has to go with his hat in hand, tail between his legs, say I'm sorry, yada, yada, yada. There's definitely going to have to be some image mending on uh, behalf of Bubba for the foreseeable future. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's all the things that you're reminded of but don't think about in the heat of the moment. But if you want to be a championship contender, rarely did you see those guys lose their composure. You saw Kevin Harvick in the beginning of his career lose his composure. You saw Kyle Busch earlier in his career lose his composure. But as guys mature and they realize that stuff's not productive is when those guys started to get long-term success, started to build up the big trophies. You never saw Jimmy Johnson 
right rear hook somebody and lose his mind on the front stretch. You didn't see Jeff Gordon. You did see him lose his mind when he got right rear hooked by Jeff Burton of Texas, rightfully so, right? Like, you don't see guys who remain composed even when it hits the fan, like, lose their, you know, the guys that can remain composed when it hits the fan is the guys that, like a Joey Logano. Perfect example, right? Talking to Joey after what happened with Matt Kenseth, you know, I, I remember talking to him, just us two, and saying, a question came up, what was your biggest regret? And he said, you know, the way I handled myself after Kansas, right? And he all he had all the right to be mad about what happened in Martinsville. Mm-hmm. But he, the champion's mindset kicked in, right? And he says, the way I handled myself after Kansas is a reason that Martinsville happened. I could have had a better conversation. We could have talked about it, and that wouldn't have happened. Yeah. And that, you know, that's the difference between Joey Logano with no championships and Joey Logano with a championship. And another shot, and a shot to win every other year, 25% chance of the title. Yes. Like, it is not coincidence. Guys that can remain composed that are successful, and the guys who can't remain composed are only successful in short quantities. Just what it is, man. It's maturity, composure, and uh, you. it's pretty evident, evident for the guys that have it and the guys that don't. We're going to come back for Boats and Wills right for this. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Pit Road, Boats and Woes time, ladies and gentlemen. Who was the hot crew on Pit Road this week? The one team. The one team was mm. was awesome. Uh, you look at you look at just overall average. They win the day at a um, nine point six one, but their body of work that's moving. Their body of work over six or seven stops. Their best to worst was six tenths of a second. So they basically did the same pit stop all day, all day long. And that, you know, speed wins your races, but consistency like that wins your championships, and they have both. And, you know, like I said, Shane Wilson and them boys, thank God they're better at pit stops than they are at kickball. No doubt, because they were T-Rash on the kickball pitch. Good thing they're good on pit road. Yeah, you look back, and I, and I look at the top five here, right? Second is the 10. Third is the 45, who didn't get to do their full body of work, so I kind of take them out. Second's the 10. Fourth is the 4. 
fifth is the 14. So Stuart Haas is moving right now. Them them guys are are uh, are boogieing together pretty good. What do teams find? Like, do they change personnel? Do they get in a groove? Are they just in a flow? Like what change? Like what makes a Stuart Haas all of a sudden seems like we haven't talked about those guys being strong on pit road until late. Like what do those guys find? It's a little bit of everything, right? And then high high tide raises all ships. Once they find a little something and guys start doing better, then the next team starts trying to compete. And the next team starts trying to compete, and they all just watch each other. And and like I said, the ships start rising. So they've they've been good uh, for a while here. They changed a lot of them changed the left-handed uh, tire changing, which is you're going to see. I think more and more people do that even next year. What's the percentage of guys doing that right now? It probably last year it was zero, right? And now it's probably at. 60. Wow. Yeah, 65. I would assume that would be somewhere closer to 80 next year. How much How much speed is that worth? It's worth, uh, there's definitely real speed there from the time you come off, the, like from the time the, the nut gets loose to the time you're pulling the tire. There's a real speed there. So cut definitely a couple tenths. If you take, you know, two tenths, two and a half tenths, three tenths off each side, you're talking a half a second, you know, per per pit stop you take a half a second off of your yearly average and that that puts you right up there but mechanics where the one car takes a big jump and they go from ah, hell they were like fifth last week quite a ways out and now they're up to uh up to second who is the the one car mm. so last week they were last week they were fourth this week they jumped the three and the eighteen. The twenty-four takes the lead with a nine point seven nine, and the one car is right on their heels with a nine point eight one impact score. And a lot of that is because yes, they did fast pit stops, but it's weighted towards when you gain spots off pit road. It's weighted like if you come if you come in third and go out first like they did, that's worth way more than like the ten car who gained nineteen spots on the day, but they were coming in twentieth and going out seventeenth. Right. And that you know that's that's uh. That's a great way that that mechanics where it does that. But the uh, the twenty two team they come home twelfth overall for the day. They had their fair share of issues, but you know Paul Wolf and and Joey you know, Paul coming in being like, okay, we lost some track position. Let's put some tires on this thing, and we know it's Joey's one of one of Joey's best tracks. And the way he was able to put it on the top in three and four and and generate runs and just manage restarts. Them guys are freaking good. Joey's freaking good, man. Race for another championship. Yeah, bummer. Bummer for the 18 team. Remember that 11 car? The reason they got switched, you know, after Bristol was because they had a wheel come off. It happened again this weekend. They're left front. It'll be interesting because the way they do their pit stop, uh, the, the way the rule is written, you have a roster. And your front changer on your roster for them is who was on the right front. But the guy who changes right front tire also changes the left rear. Yeah. So the rear changer on the roster actually changes the left front. So it looks like Blake Houston's going to get suspended again. Um, that'd for be the second that, time that for happened. For a tire that he didn't even tighten for a tire up. tire that he didn't put on. So oh, my goodness. Looks like that's going to happen to him again. Um, <laughs> and through the For the next four events, through the Coliseum. For, through the suspended. Coliseum, he'll be suspended. Yeah, so. uh, Ben Bay Shore. Daryl Edwards and Michael Hicks. Oh, yeah, no. and that, well, at least the, the, for the Coliseum. Oh, Michael Hicks change. got it. Yeah. So they did get the right guy. Okay. All right, that makes sense. Yeah, because they my, got the right guy this time. Yep. So that so we got it. Obviously we got learned, him this time. Obviously learned from the last time, but yeah, it's a big um, man. Losing a tire changer is tough. Losing a Jackman is really hard. 
because uh, your your jack man is it, no that's, matter what they control the pit stop. That's they, how fast the stop is. Yeah, and they, well, they also control when the car leaves mm. and if tires are on, and they, they're the one that they are the ones that drop the car and get the rubber to the road. Well, you had a you had a bit of a instance this week. Yeah, How'd yeah, that go? just had a had first stop on the left front came over and tightened it up and it didn't tighten up all the way. And it, it felt like it did. Like I said, you got two tenths of a second. And if that lug nut meets any sort of resistance in that time, it it didn't go up. And I rode that thing out like a cowboy out of the box and just drug you felt out. Like kind of felt like it was tight. Blaney stopped and I just waved him to go. Cause it was a green flag stop. And I don't know if it was the right situation or not, but the wheel ended up being, you know, tight enough to make it 50 laps. So could it was you, tight. And, could you uh, tell it was over the D10 or not? I looked at it and I, I could tell um, everybody kind of paints a line on their snout. And as it was leaving, I looked at it, saw the line and just waved my hand. Um, so those are the situations, like I said, where you're fighting for your life every week. And it was a, probably a ballsy call. I don't know if it was the right one, but it was the one that, you know, 16 years of experience told me to make. And uh, we got, we scored stage points and, it was the longest 40 or 50 laps of my life. Like I'm still messed up from it. Like, I mean, still shake, like still jittery from it. Oh yeah. Yeah. You don't want, you don't want to be the guy sitting on taking a vacation, especially if your wheel falls off. No, no fun. you don't, you don't want to. And then do you that. feel like you took your team out of the championship, the whole deal. Good thing that sucker stayed on there. Thank God. Yep. Good Lord was with us. And this weekend's going to be a big weekend for pit stops going to Homestead. And it's, it's a place that if you're a picker guy, it's a place like Darlington that you circle, you know, you're going there for a blue collar day. You're going to use, you know, depending on how cautions fall, you're going to use every set of tires you have and probably the scuffs at some point in time. There's no hiding from it this weekend. How many stops? 12, 13. I don't know how many sets we get, but. I would uh, guess um, I'd, I'd have to look at how many sets we get, and uh, yeah, you'd have to see how many how many st- how many sets we get. But I would say that you would be in the double digits around around ten for sure. Something that's an absurd stat for you guys: twenty crew chief suspensions this year. Yeah, fourteen of them from wheels, and that you know that's a lot. And it was something that we said, you know, we we sat right here in in February and said that you know this was going to happen. And it is, uh, it's something like, like when we look at a bubble wall situation, when we talk about safety, like it is something that is a, a suspendable offense because your wheel falls off and it's unsafe. So when you right hook somebody, that's probably a suspend, a suspendable offense as well. So we're, we're working at, like we said, making the sport safer and trying to, trying to, the punishment is harsh for a reason. Well, if half of the crew chiefs, on the roster can get suspended at some point in time. Drivers, what's the word I'm looking for, Chuck? The drivers should be held accountable as well. Drivers should be held accountable as well. They shouldn't be expelled from that list. If you put somebody in an unsafe position. Hate to bring it back to that, but it's a good point. It is a, that's what it is, man. Uh, So, yeah. How was your guys? Our guys had a heater of a stop. We just didn't have the pace. Uh, They gave me about six spots. One stop got me to about 16th. Bled to about 22nd. Um, we were a 30th place car from the time we unloaded to the time we raced. We had the 29th fastest lap, and then we put it in the box, and we finished 24th. Your uh, guys your guys did have a heater. They were 17th overall, 10.99 average. Their best to worst wasn't great, but their fastest stop was definitely a low nine. Right there with the three cars, fastest stop, who's the who's the best team of the year. So Get your tickets. Uh, yeah, my guys had a heater of stop. We just did not have the pace in our car to back that up, unfortunately. 
So we'll Ooh. go back to work. Ooh, plus plus nine on the day for the seven. I think they got like seven and P five overall. So yeah, they had good. Good on the boys. We didn't have the pace to match, unfortunately, but good on the boys. Unfortunately, when they have a good day like that, it's usually when guys get poached at the big house. That's how that works. That's how it goes. Like, oh, man, those seven guys had a good day. Let's go put them on the five. It, it's sec- like we talk about Gibbs moving people around, but Hendrick has moved a lot of people around this year. We have had a, a lot of different pit crews in my car this week or this year. That's part of it. You know, you guys, you get a couple of decent days, and they're like, okay, those guys are developed. We'll take them. Thank you very much. Part of the deal. It's, so worked, we're gonna out. Fi- it's worked out for the 24 car as of late. Them guys are still in the mix. Janie, Penny, for your thoughts. Some great questions coming in this week. Janie, what do we got? Uh, we had a lot of questions revolved around your kickball classic. Everybody seemed to love the live show and being there at the at the ball field. So You're welcome. Shout out to you guys, the talking heads that covered it. It looked great. Hope you guys enjoyed it. What do you got? Joshua Sky says, we all loved watching the second annual kickball classic. After seeing you with AJ Styles at the race, I have to ask, what wrestler is on your built ball and dream team next year? Great question. Is this current? I mean, past, present, I future? Spent, uh, no, I think he's got to be active. Yeah, you, know, you can't like call it the big show, right? He's going to blow out a hit. But like... AJ Styles was pretty cool hanging out with him at, at the Roval. Then I went up to Brooklyn to film some stuff that you guys are going to see next Monday for WWE Raw when they come into town in Charlotte. Uh, we did some cool stuff. I did his whole walkout thing with the hood and the vest and the whole deal. I looked ridiculous. AJ Styles, the bot, like he's got body control. He's obviously super strong. I mean, I'm a, I've always been a Brock Lesnar fan. That is a freak of nature. It's a freak of nature. I don't think that I, I don't think he'd be able to play kickball very well, but just for like the intimidation factor, Brock Lesnar would be the guy who had one on my team. No Stone Cold. Uh, he had knee braces though, didn't he? There. Yeah, but he's not active. I know. Yeah, but he could come out there and slam some beers. He could. Some, yeah. Yeah. On a show. I'll, so I'll, say I'll take AJ Styles and uh, Brock Lesnar. So none of them are probably athletic enough to play kickball with us. But I no, it's, it takes guy. an elite level athlete it's, to play kickball. And well, and you, I get what they do is hard, but it's not do, kickball. Do you want to know something I learned today? <laughs> Corey made them put a built ballers twenty no, twenty two okay. banner in the shop. Yeah, on, I saw on, it. I saw it. I'm glad. I'm glad. Bigger, you that bigger up. than Justin Haley's win. Uh, win banner. You brought that up because <laughs> that was a that was a act of sarcasm from Spire leadership because. <laughs> I came in the shop a couple weeks ago, and they had banners made for top 10 finishes, top five finishes. And I was like, what are we doing? Giving out participation trophies this week? Like, hey, I heard you beat your kid in putt-putt last week. We're going to put a banner up for that too? Like, I don't like – I get the sentiment that we're trying to acknowledge so, what we're doing. Hang on. Hang on. <laughs> and I – like, in the meeting, I was like, what are we doing? Giving out participation trophies? Like, there are other ways – the motive was trying to acknowledge what we're trying to do with the small victories and all the stuff. Like kind of similar to like Ohio State helmet with like the Buckeye deals. Yeah. Like that was their attempt at a Buckeye. Which helmet stickers. I took is like, what do we do? Like participation trophies. What you backed into a ninth place finish at Daytona. We're going to put a banner up for that. Not down for that. So I came in today for the press release and they put a, a bigger than anything, bigger on the than wall. any other thing on the wall. Corey LaJoy, 10, 6, 2022 20, yeah. Built Ballers Kickball Classic Champion. 
I love that so much. <laughs> it's my favorite thing. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, it's great. I'll send you a picture of it tomorrow. Of well, that. so I walked in. I was, I'm looking at the clock that's in the, I guess, one of the meeting rooms over there. I'm like, I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot they did one a uh, truck series race in Martinsville. And then I start looking at the things. Justin Haley, it's like top five, top five, top ten. And then I'm like, that's from the kickball. It's got this year's data. That's a quick turnaround. So, yeah. so that's because they know I didn't love the the top ten banner idea. So they, in turn, give me a banner for my kickball championship. So, I yes, that. I appreciate that. It is a win. It is a win. There's a Hard trophy. fought. There's a trophy right there to prove it. Ray Mysterio, as far as kickball guys go. Oh, yeah. Fast, small, so he's hard to hit with Got the ball mask. when he's running. He's also and, mysterious. Uh, yep, and he's mysterious. Yeah. So Very sneaky. Got yeah. to interview him. I at, love uh, the 619, too. AJ Styles, big ass, or Brock Lesnar, I'm beaming AJ. them with the ball from far away. They're big target. You're not going to catch AJ it. AJ Styles is small. Is he? Yeah. If you put your hands on a kickball Brock Lesnar kicked, you're going with the ball. Oh, my fence. God. It's going through you. Yes. Dead. You're going to look like so, a loony tag. So you talk, and I don't want to get too far down, Rebel. I do you talk. talk like an unexperienced kickballer because the harder you kick it, it doesn't go as far. And no, just but I will say. Straight up in the air. That ball launched off of Austin Cindric's Himalayan hiking boots <laughs> right at my head, and I snagged that thing, but like it was making like a and I snagged it because I got – Got sticky hands. Yeah, I saw What's somebody on Twitter called me out for saying he ran like a baby horse last week. <laughs> he does look like, <laughs> and not even like a a baby one. Like the like he runs like, you know, when a giraffe r- comes right out the chute, yeah. And like they know instinctively that there's a tiger like yeah. twenty feet away. They try to stand up and run. That's what Austin Cedric looks. Like. But you know what? He was kicking dingers. He kicked three dingers. Um, congrats to him. I wish you could do like a bat flip and kickball, but you know, you, yeah, you could flip his. Boot. Just do a back flip. You kick it. Then uh, you, yeah, never mind. Anyway, next question. Next question, Jane. Moving on. Wesley Riddle asks, you can have one retired NASCAR driver, any one IndyCar driver, and one F1 driver on your 2023 kickball classic team. Who are you picking? <laughs> well, one of my favorite things to do is talk about kickball, so I'm glad to keep people keep sending these in. Um, one retired NASCAR driver, Ricky Rudd, is a, is a guy that's still in shape. Ride mountain bikes with them often. So in terms of like right now, any guy that used to play kickball, Ricky Rudd would probably be my first call. Or Mark Martin, great to see him back at the racetrack this past week. Also great to see that 6-4 tourist out there pacing the field. Unbelievable. A little bit sad that Jack Roush didn't go down there and get a pitcher, but we'll keep that conversation show for another day. Brad wouldn't let him. I don't think that was the case. Okay. One IndyCar driver, Connor Daly's been out. We're talking about retired or current. We'll go current. We'll go current. Connor just good old time, good old-fashioned good time. I feel like he is the Corey LaJoy of the IndyCar series, just a true red-blooded American with a with a mullet. I don't want to sport a mullet. So Connor Daly is my guy. Also had an idea, caveat to this. What would we think about, Chuck? What if we did a NASCAR drivers versus IndyCar drivers next year for the kickball? Because I feel like Connor can put together a squad. Yeah, but I feel like NASCAR is going to win. Well, if they got well, me pitching this game over. That's yeah. the point. I don't know. It depends on what drivers you get. <laughs> I mean, you got to call up Austin Center with the boots. He's now batting, is it he's cup kicking. drivers only? No, I think it's just go. No, I feel like you got to go. I feel like yeah. you got to go have a draft at that point if it's getting competitive. Like I just put the names in a hat this year and just drew them out. But like if we went us versus them, you it's only the elite athletes yeah. that are get, that are making the cut, and we'll. We'll see how that we'll see how that transpires. One F one driver. Um, my favorite guy, 
growing up and somebody who I named my son after, Jensen Button, was a favorite of mine. I'd love any I follow him on uh, social media. He's always a pretty good follow. So I'd like uh like to see like to see Jensen Button. I'm surprised you didn't go with like a Jimmy Johnson in there with the because uh, he's an athletic uh, two birds one stone yeah. with that one. Could have you could have you could have had your Ricky Rudd and then thrown Jimmy Johnson in as your. Uh, I'm gonna card. get him to come out. I'm gonna get him to come on the podcast one of these days and also play kickball with us. That's my goal. For our- he doesn't have time for it, but I'm gonna tell him to make time. <laughs> he's retired now. Man, F1 driver Lewis Hamilton, notable NFL owner. Sports, yeah. bro. Yeah, his team is Bubba, his team's doing great. Sports. Sports. 0.03% owner of the Denver Broncos. Daniel Ricardo might have time next year. He's going to have a lot of time this year. That'd Ooh. be fun. Ouch. Zinger for Hey, Haas offered him a seat. Haas, Haas offered him a seat. Maybe he'll be in the 41. We'd love to see him. <laughs> we'll driver swap. <laughs> Our last question comes from Wise, and he says, if you could build a track in any obscure location... Where and what type of track? For example, road course through Yellowstone Park or a short track through the D.C. Monument Park? Uh, both of those are defacing <laughs> national parks, so I don't think we can do that, for example. Um, have you ever thought about this, Chuck? Uh, not until two seconds ago. Okay. But I got a I crazy have, thought. Yeah. You know what my all-time favorite concept track is? I forgot what year it was. Was it like 2004 where they had all those made-up racetracks on the EA, oh. on the video games and they did like Dodge Raceway, yeah. like the little Bowman Gray type thing, but it was banked. I would love to do a purpose-built LA Coliseum style, little bit bigger, like a 3 eighths mile banked, a little bit progressive, short track. Uh-huh. If I were to put it somewhere, where would I put it? Somewhere cool. Central Park. Ooh. Ooh, hello. I have thought about this in the past. I was like, ah, oh, it'd be cool if like you did a road course or a giant oval. I'm already too You lost me at road yeah. course. No, <laughs> sorry, sorry. Giant oval. Okay. Around 277 in Charlotte. Ooh, uh, DC Beltway. With traffic. With, yeah, with the traffic. elevation changes. Would but, be you know, like over here, like, you know, where, uh, where South Boulevard comes in, there's that big sort of open area that you could make that like the pit now line. we're talking about a street course yeah, yeah. but i mean that's yeah. a true like it's a circle it's like a it's, circle it's, it's, <laughs> but it's like a square yeah there's a little bit of turning in there but not a lot there's some ups and downs yes and then you drop the rag with live traffic yeah yeah separate the men from the boys i would just take over the the f- series of four roundabouts right there davidson and just make you guys run those oh gosh yes yeah <laughs> but I'd, I'd i'd bank them off camber so you'd slide down the bank sounds like a terrible race it is where would you want to put one I in jersey like I, I think, well no i think like a meadowlands type of race like if if the football field of the meadowlands was bigger it's not big enough. Like the LA Coliseum is an anomaly because it's like 150 foot longer than any other place to go. Cause it was built for track and field in the Olympics. So mm-hmm. I, I think we need to get into that closer to that New York city market. We found a way to break into the, the LA one, but yeah. Could Yankee stadium work? I don't think so. Uh, no. field. You could, you could, you could do it. I mean, there was hey, there was a Sixteenth Street Speedway in Indianapolis. Was a baseball field that they shut down and turned into a midget track. Look that place up. It's actually really cool, funky looking track. What I was gonna say though is, I'd want to go somewhere like you know the music venue, the Gorge, out in Washington, where it like backs up to a giant like basically ravine. Okay. So it's this great view. Well, Alaska Raceway Park. Oh, that's I think, awesome. Like the backdrop there. I'd want to go somewhere that has like a really cool backdrop that's remote. That you could see like mountains and, and 
Maybe and, we can build and like polar a, bears and polar bears. Maybe some grizzlies. Build like a one mile track, like somewhere close to like Pikes Peak in nope. Colorado. Not That'd one be, mile. Whatever that place is, it would be cool to what see. Is, Pi- is Pikes Peak a mile? Also, Three side quarters? note, I'm hearing some chirping. Chip, 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 about Rockingham. They're repaving it. They're repaving it, and trying to give it back some life. They said they're a little bit of CPR. A couple thousand seats around Little Rock too, which and is their replicas. Did I see lights? So they might that might be your short track. I right. saw lights too. Yeah, lights. Would rather big track Rockingham. To be honest, I don't really love Little Rock. Rockingham. Yeah, but if it's a way to subsidize income to make money and run short track stuff there, might have to dust Would the old love street to see stock that. off. Might have to. Might have to dust that thing off. That's it for Penny for your thoughts. Great questions. Please send some more in next week. And also, so Penny Stacker of the Week. So the Neon Garage of Vegas is one of the cooler garages that we go to. There's like a mezzanine. Fans can kind of look down at the cars. They can also stand at the railing that looks at the back of the trailer. So there was a guy that stood there stoic by himself, backpack on, that black seven block hat that I've got, I wear sometimes, had that on. The stacking pennies, black on black shirt. And then I kind of make eye contact. I'm like, what's up, dog? Thanks for the support. Turns around. He's got one of those blue roped seven hats off his backpack. I'm like, this guy is my number one fan of all time. So didn't move. Watch me perched up on the railing like a hawk for an hour. And I'm like, my man's dedicated. He wants to make sure everybody's doing their job at the trailer. Nobody's f-ing around, right? <laughs> Making sure we're on the straight and narrow. So I'm looking at him. I go in the hauler. I get changed, come back out. He's still there watching us like a hawk, more like a bald eagle because he looked glorious with all my merch on. So I was wearing a Spire Motorsports hat. Signed that sucker. I said, hey, man, add this to the collection. I said, what's your name? TJ. And that was it. So TJ from Vegas, you, sir, are the penny stack of the week. I'm sure he's still standing there making sure. I watched sure. this. I watched this happen because I was talking. I was over there at the 21 truck next to yours, and you're yeah. like, this dude's got a seven hat, one on his backpack. I better give him some. And you walked over there, and when you threw it to him, it was like he didn't know who you were. He was like, oh, thanks, man. He was pretty... He might not have liked me. He liked the seven. Yeah. He just liked the boys. Guy. Big fan of the number seven. I'm telling you, he was like a bald eagle perch on top of an old pine. Cacao. So, got to love those guys. I want to make sure everything's in check. Big seven guy, TJ. You sir, the penny stack of the week. And uh, hey, make sure you guys do not miss the race for the championship episode eight this week. Following around both track house drivers in their initial playoff run for both of those guys. And Kyle Bush at Darlington in the midst of all those contract negotiations. You are not going to want to miss this episode. Is it going to go ahead and say that? Do not miss this episode. If you're not watching it live at 10 p.m. on USA, set your DVR. If you missed it on your DVR, because I don't know, you're I don't know why, but you can also check it out on the Peacock app Friday morning. So, and judging by how fired up you are about that, Chuck, you do not want to miss it. It's a good episode. Oh, you've seen it. Spill the beans. Maybe I'm not going to spill the beans. They're going to watch it. You got to watch no. it yourself on either yeah. Peacock or USA at 10 o'clock on Thursday nights. Man, if I could get Peacock, I got to fly. If I could get some look into that Kyle Bush contract negotiation, that'd be that'd be well worth it mm. for me. I might get a little bit of that. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, there's just some. Yeah, and I'm sure like the way Kyle Bush was right around September when they were following him, he was not too. Um, he was pretty open with his words. Ornery. Pretty ornery. Matter in a snake. Like, more so than normal Kyle Busch ornery, which is saying something. 
Mama says alligators are ornery. It's because they got all well, the teeth. They got a toothbrush. Medulla oblongata. <laughs> and that's it. We're tired of uh, giving you guys jokes and movie references. So make sure you guys tweet at us. Hashtag Penny for your thoughts. And also like, download, share, rate, review, all the things. And tune in to us Sunday morning as we break down all things Homestead and give you guys some fantasy picks. And if you just listen to me, I'll tell you who's going to win a race. So that's how that works. Um, talk to you all next week. Thanks for sticking around with us and stacking pennies. <laughs>